So that's what he really needs to look out for. Dog meets cat, ladies and gentlemen. Dog meets cat. We'll cut, we'll cut this bit out. We're live. We are live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Sport and Exercise Science Podcast. My name's John Lee, and I'm here with... Dan Sly. Today we're going to talk to you about overtraining and overreaching, which are issues that both recreational sports people and athletes alike can experience, Dan. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, more, more so research kind of looks at the elite level, but it's probably this kind of uh, at least symptoms of overtraining, something we, we, we've no doubt perhaps all experienced at times, especially um, absolute juggernauts of our well, respective athletic fields like ourselves. Like we. Yeah, exactly. I think kind of jiu-jitsu we're saying, don't we, represents yeah. quite good. Yeah, you'll often see people that will start jiu-jitsu and they go all out, all guns blazing. Um, they're there six, seven days a week, two or three times a day. It becomes their life. They start wearing the T-shirts. They're at home trying to give themselves cauliflower ear. And then suddenly, three months later, poof. Yeah, a puff of smoke. Puff, puff, puff of smoke, <laughs> ladies and gents. Yeah, but yeah, they're just gone. They're just gone, absolutely. And I, I think that's it, the, the initial kind of... And that's something we'll talk about in more detail later. Beautiful example, John. Okay, so overtraining, John. So um, in our respective sports, whatever sport we take part in, obviously there's kind of different levels of training volume, training intensity. Um, most likely in the build-up, say, to a, a competition is when you're kind of going to really maybe um, up the intensity of training. And obviously when we do perform, there's kind of different levels. We've got our general fatigue, which most mm-hmm. sports, especially under your classification of a sport, getting yeah. fitter or stronger would involve some level of fatigue you'd see yeah some sort of leg- level of overload yeah but yeah absolutely so that's your, your general fatigue quick recovery then like you said kind of we, we get to a point of maybe overload training which suggests kind of maybe a, what you'd refer to maybe as a kind of excessive training maybe pushing yourself beyond a, a barrier before i mean in, in your realm john from a physiology realm. um excessive would imply it's too much normal overload and this is the balance we're going to be kind of talking about is pushing your body to a level it's not used to yeah but enough that it can respond to if you push it so much that it can't respond that much you're, you're then getting into your overreaching over yeah. yeah so so they refer to kind of what you would describe as overload training just then very well yeah um as you're kind of maybe functional overreaching so might take a, a longer period to recover from, like say maybe training yeah. beyond a kind of certain threshold you're used to. Yeah. But in the pursuit, obviously, of kind of making advances. Yeah, absolutely. In your sport and ability, but then we get to a kind of non-functional component, what we call kind of non-functional overreaching. But the recovery will take a lot longer, and actually, the kind of negatives will start start outweighing the positives. So we might get yeah. illness be run down, or as a, as a result, maybe kind of respiratory issues, respiratory infections. They talked about sometimes maybe from a psychological point of view as well. Um, decreases sorry increases in fatigue decreases in mood which we're going to talk about in a bit more detail mm. then finally we get to this point that we now refer to as a kind of overtraining syndrome john yeah which um should i, should I provide a quick definition just for please oh, sorry. Uh, by now this could either be budget or i like to put a continental flavor on things so mm. budget mm. suggests that an overtraining bouguet. syndrome a bouguet perhaps mm. i do like to bouguet um <laughs> overtraining syndrome is a condition of fatigue and underperformance, okay? often associated with uh, frequent infections, depression, and it usually occurs following hard training and, and competition. An important thing to remember as well, and also an absence of adequate recovery. Yes. So recovery, as we all know, is, is key for regrowth, repair, mm. not just physically, but psychologically. Um, 
so I mean, there's arguments re- regarding the prevalence of overtraining. We talked, we, we might have all experienced it, but in regard to an overtraining syndrome, it actually seems to be more related to kind of elite level sport, the kind of huge volume, huge intensity of demand. Yeah. So that's when you're in a, in a position to experience overtraining syndrome, particularly in endurance based sports. Yeah. I think it's kind of because of the real large volume training. Real large yeah. volume training, exactly, absolutely. So that's what I risk at. And um, before going further, actually, it's important to probably um, mention. Um, in respect to overtraining syndrome, um, it, it, it can tend to be called d- different things. There's kind of some confusion in, in the literature, which leads to a bit of confusion. I mean, um, being related to, most commonly, it's related to what we call kind of an unexplained underperformance syndrome. Yeah. Um, so basically, that's a kind of a persistent unexplained performance deficit, which lasts longer than two weeks. Two weeks, by the way, is the benchmark we go for. So if it's lasting longer than two weeks... Well, it's then syndrome, is it? it, it it's more indicative of syndrome, yeah. Oh, so it's no longer okay, kind of regarded as functional overload. Yeah. Y- you start might say, so this is lasting two weeks, especially in a kind of taper and recovery mm. after an intense exercise period or, or, or intense training regime, then you're thinking, okay, might be some OTS or, in this case, un- unexplained yeah. underperformance syndrome. The reason we kind of might call it unexplained underperformance syndrome is it's difficulty, difficulty? Mm. difficult to infer cause and effect to a certain extent yeah yeah so to kind of um put that into context a bit more actually there was a um study i think around about kind of 2004 by no i think it was it begins with name look it up guys there's yeah, a challenge um, come on basically looked, looked at kind of various um i think it looked at five elite level triathletes or certainly oh, all okay. involved in endurance sport yeah and what they found is each kind of had these these symptoms or they're looking particularly at kind of causes and symptoms and both physical and psychological of, of overtraining because um, they all reported to be experiencing overtraining so you had things like um overcoming things like flu um mm-hmm. medical conditions also uh, a number of stresses as well so they're getting ill more regularly and they're struggling to recover from uh, not necessarily getting more ill more regularly but being ill has become a precursor to say these people who were ill when they perhaps experience overtraining, hence yeah. why this kind of whole idea of cause and effect. So, was it because yeah. they're overtraining they got ill, or is it because they're ill that they're experiencing these because symptoms of overtraining? Able to recover as well while you know, they're respiratory Ill. infection. Yeah. They've had all sorts going on. Bless them. You know, I think from kind of headaches, dizziness, fatigue. You know, even even problems like diarrhea. Mm. And there was also kind of family stress Energy as well. Gels, that'll, absolutely, that'll do that that'll, for that'll, you. absolutely yeah. do it, John. And um. When they looked at it in more details, well, it actually stresses outside of sport. I mean, one guy, bless him, I think, not only reported these feelings of diarrhea, I think he was talking about kind of difficulties with his marriage or job stress. I mean, he's got a poor man. These are triathletes, did you say? I think triathletes, That's yeah. Classic that as with triathletes, especially yeah. if they start middle aged people getting to triathlon. Yeah, absolutely. They then call their wives uh, triathlon widows. Yeah, oh, oh, is that what happens? Oh, John? classic, Dan, classic. But it's similar to the jujitsu thing, actually. I don't need you anymore, yeah. Sandra. Yeah. I'm an elite I'm away pro. every weekend, yeah. I'm pro, yeah. you know I'm doing the. Yeah, and then if you're grouchy and all of that because of overtraining as yeah. well, that's not going to be. I mean, one of them, so he probably lost his wife and was just shitting himself on a regular <laughs> basis and then kind of experiencing the OTS. So, so not a good time. But um, mm-hmm. in terms of kind of uh, possible indicators, how we know what's going on. I, I should mention, in terms of overtraining syndrome, we're going to talk about burnout in a bit, but mm. overtraining syndrome, this is where it's interesting. Obviously, you've got your kind of um, psychological, we call kind of maybe psychological symptoms, characteristics, possible antecedents in terms of mood, but we won't go into that too much of a moment. Um, it's more kind of a, a theory or, or work that seems to be grounded more in physiology research. 
I would personally say. Definitely interdisciplinary, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So this is where the two worlds collide, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. This is where I'm trying to think of an example of two worlds, John. Colliding. Colliding. Um, I can't think of one. Mm. It's where physiology, Dan, meets psychology. It's their first date. Yeah? No. Yeah, this is their first awful, day. Awful analogy. Anyway, I digress. I so, so <coughs> like I said, so it's both kind of physiological and psychological to consider. Where the genitals of physiology really bump into the genitals of psychology, is what we're talking about. The first meeting. Consummation. Yes, of oh, these uh, two great... Beautifully graphic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so essentially, yeah, and then, and I think what we've always said, John, is something I, I, I bang on quite a, a bit about. I think if you're a physiologist or a psychologist, I think it's so important to understand respective disciplines at least to an extent because obviously with some psychology psychological issues um you might not have overt psychological indicators to tell you what's going wrong mm. you might be maybe suppressing the mood things like questionnaires you might not be getting the real results but you have psychology uh, physiology to a certain extent especially what we're going to talk about in overtraining is can give you to an extent maybe what we'd kind of suggest some objective data to mm. work from hard to lie about your heart rate oh that's example. very good well that's one yeah. of the characteristics so um a physiological kind of characteristic or symptom of overtraining is an increased resting heart rate of about five beats per minute yeah so that's uh, you take that when you wake up if it's about five beats per minute yeah what's well, usually about and obviously regularly higher yeah than <coughs> absolutely and obviously um in the realm of sport obviously the, the whole point of sport and exercise is to is to lower your heart rate that's yeah, a sign yeah, of it of, it, of yeah. increased so you also have things to look out for maybe kind of weight loss or weight gain Mm. That's a few things over training, obviously, and not eating enough are kind of. This is one of the difficult things about it, isn't it? It could be weight loss or, or weight gain. Weight gain, it's really depends. Absolutely, what we you're talk- really looking for a difference yeah. from the norm. Absolutely, and what we've always talked about. Anything unusual for you? <coughs> again, we harp on constantly, don't mm. we, about individualized things. Your eyes off again, yeah. yeah. Individual zones. How how does the individual work? And that's what we've got to look a, at. A change in yourself. So it could be you're putting weight yeah. on or losing Just, weight, respectively. Ooh, Johnny's yeah. looking a little bit chubby today. Mm. Oh, Gary's doing great. He's losing a lot of weight, isn't yeah. he? Oh, but not not in that healthy way. Not about you look good. Actually, a bit like yeah, yeah. a bit like what people kind of whisper is like, is he getting in shape or is he just looking a bit sick? Yeah, Gary. So, so yeah, there are things to look at with Gary. Um, gastrointestinal issues, obviously. Um, infections as we talked about, uh, respiratory mm. infections, maybe particularly could be a kind of symptom that's going on again, cause and effect as we're talking mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. They might start sweating more profusely, John. And um, also something I'm not going to touch upon, but maybe you can because it's more yeah. your area, John. Also, um, a reduced VO2 max. Interesting, yeah. So a real objective measure of performance, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a decrease in maximal performance ability. Yeah. So for, from from a layperson's point of view then, Dan, um, coming at it from my limited understanding, kind of overreaching is more short term. So maybe I'm, I've decided to up my training because I want to mm-hmm. get better. I'm not just going to do the, the same thing, two training sessions a week, just in my comfortable zone. I'm going to work a bit harder to try and give my body some overload that could that's good yeah but then if i go a bit too far i'll then realize that actually instead of my performance steadily getting better it actually decreases i will notice that oh, just nothing's working uh, it's not yeah it's not going well nothing that i try in the gym's working uh, my wife came in the other day and she she had worked herself up to doing five strict um pull-ups yeah and she's saying oh i can't do it anymore and it's kind of like well actually you're probably this is probably just a very short term yeah, overreaching where you've yeah. done a lot of super hard training in a short yeah. space of time and now you haven't given yourself time to recover that's it. so that performance of five strict pull-ups 
has for the minute declined. Absolutely. But with a couple of days of rest, she'll be back on the chin-up bar. Well, exactly. I mean, it's touching upon when we had Aaron in the other week when he talked about the bit when he says, well, athletes are going to haven't trained in every week. He goes, great. Fantastic. And that's the hardest thing, isn't it? When you want to improve yeah. in, in, in your sport, that temptation, especially at the elite level as well, there's almost that kind of... More is better. More, always is, more better, is better. More is better. Exactly. Kind of philosophy we're talking about. And unfortunately, it, it's not always the case. And that's why I kind of overtraining to an extent it might even become a kind of unconscious process where you're yeah. just training not realising you think you're just hitting it but really really you're training to an extent it becomes detrimental you see that a lot in MMA more sessions is always better more oh, more yeah, more more, yeah. more and then actually you kind of think well actually your yeah your performance is if yeah. anything looking worse than a couple of weeks ago give yourself a bit of break come I mean, back uh, yeah. more motivated and ready to and we've talked research is so full of contradictions but I mean there's some research to suggest I mean kind of free resistance based sessions a week and you can still get some really good results yeah. but you get people going I train twice a day and six days a week and the three a week by the way is probably better for um, life expectancy that's probably kind of your optimum yep. for extending um, life more than that you're actually probably looking at possibly reducing the life expectancy again absolutely yeah we talked about as well kind of this idea of trained to be healthy yeah and kind of trained to be Obviously, if short term yeah. for an athletic event, obviously you're going to up your training. That's fine, fine, Absolutely. fine. But for general life, we're probably you know train smart, not hard. Yeah, perhaps get, get, do a, do the volume you need to do, but train to be healthy. Yeah, basically. what is healthy? What constitutes healthy? Again, we're all individual, but it can have a real detrimental effect on you physically and psychologically yeah. if you're doing too much training. It doesn't make you a, a juggernaut. It doesn't make you a, a warrior by doing this all the time. Makes you a bit of a fucking idiot if you do it too much. Well, there's no point if your performance is going to get worse. No, absolutely. <laughs> and that, like I said, people, people there's don't no argument for attention. it if your yeah. performance is getting worse as well. Absolutely. And so then, yeah, so then to go back, so then if this overreaching, you know, this this kind of um, acute kind of short term thing happens again and again and again, or you can ne you never give yourself time to recover from that acute thing, mm. it then becomes maybe two weeks. You're saying then becomes this overreaching possibly. Yeah. So yeah. it stops being what we call functional. Um, the negative start outweighing the benefits. Yeah physically psychological kind of drops in mood for example and, and and talking of which so we've got our kind of physiological markers we've also got our, our psychological ones and things like that might include um, insomnia difficulty getting sleep mm -hmm. um which then lowers your recovery again absolutely yeah but obviously sleep being key um anxiety particularly lethargy um loss of appetite and perhaps most worryingly of all john is a loss of libido yeah i mean i was just about to say how important loss of appetite was but you've they don't care about that I've anymore. Topped it. Loss yeah, of libido. loss of libido. Loss of libido. So <clears> don't take it personally, ladies and gents, if your partners, yeah, perhaps at times aren't aren't feeling as romantic mm. as usual. It could just Absolutely. be overtraining syndrome. Or, or conversely, if you don't feel like being romantic, just blame it on overtraining syndrome. Mm. Technically, it'll buy you a. a, a but a, if we can't be lovers anymore, Dan, what can we be? Without love, John, we're nothing. Mm. And without nothing, what is love, baby? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. <laughs> no, no more. <laughs> Fantastic. A great, great example of digression again. There myself. <laughs> um, so yeah. So talking of the kind of uh, psychological, um, particularly what a lot of researchers kind of uh, lean toward doing more is this is this idea of moods, particularly mood states. So mm -hmm. um, the kind of gold standard measure. I say a gold standard measure actually. Um, I'm not sure if there's new measures coming out at the time, but this POMS profile of mood states mm -hmm. got particular kind of mood states to look at. So kind of areas like tension, depression, anger fatigue and confusion and then vigor okay. so your ideal athlete forms an iceberg basically if you had to look at all these proponents lower levels of tension depression anger fatigue and confusion and high levels of vigor hence why so vigor is there the in middle, the middle yeah iceberg okay 
So, for example, if they're, they're rating this out of what, Dan, if they're going to try um, and do this at home? Oh, John, you really put me on the spot there, haven't you? I want to say... They could rate it out of 10? Or? Uh, no, I believe it's an actual measure. I want to say okay. somewhere around 60 to 70, okay. I believe is, is the If they Google POMS? POMS, you Google POMS, you'll get the answer, ladies and gents. Why would you trust in me? I'm just exactly. A, I'm We're just, just here to guide I'm just you. a humble facilitator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So we're actually looking forward. So if we're thinking again, I always try and say, how does this apply to the real world? So you're employed, John, by mm-hmm. a, a sporting organisation. I'm sure I am. So look at what they're going with. Of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? Mm. Um, and they want you to kind of say, well, look, well, how are we going to kind of scan for overtraining syndrome? Well, you might go, well, for a start, let's keep a regular update of a profile of mood states. Yeah. At the moment, you, you most likely see beginning of a competitive season. If I've had enough time to recover, you're going to see hopefully what represents a, a strong iceberg profile. Mm-hmm. Okay. Strong vigour. They're, they're ready. They're ready to go. They yeah. want to improve. They want to grow. They, they want to yeah. mature. But then throughout the season, now what might happen is you get a period of kind of overload. Um, you might see the biggest shifts are kind of usually observed in things like vigour and fatigue. So that's what we'd call in healthy people, just in over, healthy overload in their training. This idea of yeah. overload, ladies and gents, is this idea of kind of saying a level of training maybe beyond our usual threshold. but Pushing yourself pushing to get yourself. better, yeah. Um, but in overtraining syndrome, and that's actually present, uh, we're, we're likely to probably experience a kind of significant increase in depression yeah so what we end up with essentially even though kind of research suggests there's increases respectively in all these dimensions including vigor to an extent yeah. um vigor is likely to kind of sh- show the most marginal probably yeah. increase and, and at times i think various research theories suggest maybe even a reduction while the other dimensions will rise yeah to end up with this, this idea of this yeah, inverted ang- iceberg yeah anger yeah. depression absolutely yeah. yeah tension so you end up with this inverted iceberg which obviously isn't what we want yeah because when they call the kind of profile of mood states they call it the test of champions john Ooh. so kind of it suggests an indicative this iceberg profile is indicative mm. of a champion mindset now if we're showing something it's me dan i think i'll show you an iceberg <laughs> absolutely <laughs> iceberg right ahead mm. and uh but in 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 this case um We'll be demonstrating the inverted iceberg. Yeah. Far from champion, in fact. Far from champion. Anti-champion. Yeah. Uh, so when we're talking about kind of possible causes of overtraining, obviously, we, like I said, we've got different factors to consider. We've got things like our stresses mm-hmm. in and outside of sport. Um, and again, it's going to vary on the individual. So this might be a kind of intense training schedule, doing too much for too long, intense competitive season, again, without adequate recovery. Yeah. Uh, it might be a certain monotony in training. So, mm. you know, it comes to that. Lack of motivation, yeah. things not changing, not an ability to adapt, um, and um, also maybe previous illness. Like I said before, the reason we're calling it kind of UPS or unexplained underperformance syndrome is this fact it is, as I said, difficult to kind of infer cause and effect. I mean, for example, if we look at it from from the point of view of depression, um, there's this idea kind of that actually OST or UPS overtraining mm. syndrome under there. Um, have very kind of similar characteristics to clinical depression, but similar signs and symptoms, and even kind of what we call kind of similar etiology and cause in terms of kind mm. of if you look at it from a physiological point of view, kind of same pathways are being affected, same parts of the brain. Yeah, I want to go out on a limb though, Dan. So it doesn't really matter whether the illness is making you your performance drop or whether your performance is dropping because you're overtraining and so you got ill. Mm. Either way, if you're getting this measurement, your performance is dropping. You need more rest. You need to recover. You need to Absolutely, recoup. Yeah. So the cure is almost the same, regardless of the cause. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, if you identify, we'll, yeah, we'll go and talk about kind of uh, prevention and treatment in a bit more detail in a minute. But absolutely, and again, the cause is just like with a mental illness, the causes can be environmental as well. Yeah. 
things that happen in the environment. Like I said, additional stresses. We go back to the study where we talked about the triathletes, the family stresses, the things going on within your life mm. can, can cause it. Hence why, when you, when you think of it in, in, in a respect of UPS, they don't even kind of mention the word kind of overtraining as such. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a long-term performance detriment, which could yeah. be brought on by overtraining, but also these, these other aspects to think about again. Um, so then obviously we have to think about kind of how we are going to go about identifying this. Yeah. Uh, as I said, from a psychological point of view, obviously there might be particular measures. We could use a profile of mood states maybe. Um, certain other things, like I say, so kind of changes in mood, such as depression, et cetera, could be, could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to look at things like that. But obviously the nature of that sometimes kind of these psychometric tests, they don't give us a full picture. Sort of social desirability, they might try mm-hmm. and give us responses. A lot of people might not want to suggest or infer they're feeling depressed yeah so it becomes a lot more difficult so you might have to kind of start looking at some of these questions for example doing scanning for illnesses have they got illness have they got respiratory infections have they got a proneness to that is that going to be an issue mm-hmm. has it been a long-term thing or has it come on recently due to their training schedule things like perhaps what's their nutrition been like mm. um again what we talked about kind of other other factors outside of sport which could could impact on performance so just keeping a log really of all this and hence why kind of you know working in a sporting institution this is where the kind of physiologists or SNCs and, and psychologists have to work together really looking at time intensity volume of training as well all these issues getting together and, and, and keeping a, a regular log of this especially like I said during a, a taper and recovery phase where we're trying to get that main information of what's going on really yeah I've heard of teams uh, measuring in their athletes uh, hydration statuses yeah. uh, resting heart rates every morning and then I think questionnaires as well and if people are turning up to training, um, showing that they're dehydrated, mm-hmm. their their resting heart rates have been steadily increasing and aren't kind of dropping back down, and if they're showing these other markers, they're actually sending them home yeah. and saying you, this you today to is not a day for you to train. Today is a day for you to recover, come back. Absolutely, and that's, and you're, and that's yeah. what we're talking about. That's what we're finding more and more, John. Like I said, because it's giving you this kind of information that you you can't always get subjective. It's the beauty of kind of a lot of sports science stuff. It's giving you more objective measures. Uh, there's a lot of research now on kind of heart rate variability as yeah. well, and what that tells you about kind of your level of health. Again, it's mm. it, it, it giving you an indication of how you're you're feeling about maybe even consciously knowing. Like I said, you might not feel you're overtraining, but sometimes you have yes, to listen your to your body. Still might have increased. You yeah. might still be very motivated, yeah, but your body's almost failing you, as yeah. it were. And really important things. Well done for bringing that up, John. So that's the reason why bigger might stay high, for example, and increase is because like I said, unlike other terms like burnout, which we'll talk about, you can still be highly motivated and be experiencing overtraining syndrome. Yeah. You still might want to train. You still might be motivated to train. But burnout's a, a whole other issue together. Mm. So kind of essentially, if we're looking to treat this or if you, if you know of an athlete or, or work in the kind of sports science world and thinking, well, how do we go about kind of treating and preventing this? It, it's simple. Like I said, we have those preventative measures we've talked about, regular mm. assessment and monitor of the athletes using the objective data as well as kind of subjective yeah. stuff as well actually talking to the athletes letting them know but the kind of things making sure they're just getting like you say if you do see these things making sure they get the time away from training mm. regardless you might think oh maybe it's a, sh- a short-term thing well if it's been longer than two weeks then perhaps it's something to monitor um getting the athletes input as well making it more kind of idiosyncratic to the athlete what do they want to do in training how yeah. are they feeling about it um i wonder whether getting them to do these questionnaires and thinking about that might actually get them to honestly identify in themselves actually if they weren't thinking about it they might just think they're fine but then actually as they fill out this question yeah. maybe they go actually i am feeling a bit well it's like when we, yeah, it's like when we work in applied sports sites john the kind of like say I, I feel the most powerful thing you can kind of bring someone is a sense of self-awareness about yeah time. exactly yeah. we just don't take time to say how am i feeling what am i thinking mm. what am i what am i doing and by answering those questions you start thinking oh shit 
actually. Yeah, maybe it's, it's been, been on a bit of a downward yeah, uh, trend. Happened, yeah. yeah. Oh, hold on. My PBs have got worse saying that yeah. particularly. Yeah. I'm getting fatigued, I'm feeling ill. Oh. Yeah, if your one rep max is cons- consistently dropping or whatever, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So uh, that's where we're at then with kind of overtraining, overtraining. syndrome. So I've heard, uh, I'd, um, I was listening to another podcast, and I think it was um, Dorian Yates. He's the uh, bodybuilder, wasn't he? Dorian, Dorian Yates, yeah. yeah. Uh, former um, Mr. Olympia. He was talking about this, yeah. and he was obviously he was coming very much just from the from the overtraining side of things. So perhaps he was obviously ignoring the other kind of factors, the other stresses and stuff. He was saying with overtraining, it's similar so if you wanted to toughen up the skin, mm-hmm. say on the palm of your hand, Dan, and so you thought, what I'll do is I'll rub that with some sandpaper. Yeah. I need, for whatever reason, for my job or whatever, I need to toughen up the skin on my hand. So you rub it with a bit of sandpaper, get it so it's, you know, it's just a little bit yeah. bloody. That's overload. So you're stressing the skin and saying, you need to do something about this. So your body will adapt. Yeah. If you then come back, you know, two, three days later and um, do it again, mm-hmm. Uh, this body reacts that's overload if you sandpaper the palm of your hand and then while it's still bleeding and hasn't healed you sandpaper you train again mm-hmm. you sandpaper it again you're just going to end up with a bloody stump absolutely that is now overtraining or um, overload syndrome yep. kind of thing because you're you're never giving your, your body that time to recover so it's a hard balance isn't it I like that analogy a lot yeah so don't over sandpaper your hands. Don't is what I take from over that. sandpaper the athletes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. If it, ideally, don't use sandpaper on them at all, unless you're doing EMG. Unless you're using EMG. Yeah, sometimes you have to sandpaper them a bit. Sometimes you have to sandpaper them, but yeah, let them let them recover from it. Let them recover. <laughs> so basically, then, John. So from overtraining syndrome, now we kind of branch out to more psychology-based kind of theory. We we go to this idea of burnout then. So kind of. Mm. It's been likened to a maybe a kind of stimulus or response, people even call it. So kind of overtraining is the kind of stimulus, which then in turn, pardon me, can lead to the response of burnout. Yeah. So burnout basically representing kind of a syndrome characterised by exhaustion, um, a devaluation of our sports, maybe mm-hmm. a, a lack of enjoyment, a lack of pleasure from it, and a reduced mm-hmm. sense of accomplishment. Yeah. So you can see now why this is maybe kind of considered more a psychological... Yeah based kind of although there probably would be physiological uh, <coughs> signs along with that absolutely absolutely um, but again so it, sometimes it's kind of incorrectly in my opinion used kind of simultaneously with words like overtraining um, mm-hmm. should mention overtraining syndrome as well they, they mentioned this word called staleness okay uh, which, which kind of perhaps represents well mm. what we're trying to talk about overtraining but um, so, so similar symptoms fatigue issue of sleep changes in mood um like I say, you, you're probably overtraining syndrome is more of a kind of physiologically grounded, grounded theory. Um, burnout focuses more on these kind of what we call kind of social psychological factors, mm-hmm. and um, and particularly what we talked about before as well is this, this this idea of motivation. Particularly with burnout, we'll find an absence of motivation. Yeah. So we, again, as an indicator, if we're talking about it, we've kind of got this theory basically called self determination theory, where we kind of exist on a continuum. Okay, so. Mm-hmm very motivated very intrinsically motivated to know to accomplish to experience that stimulation regardless of sport okay, and the absence yeah. of basically any reward you, you do it do you know, in the words of for the Eddie love Bravo, of the game mm. for the love I do of it game. absolutely but then as you go, go down to this continuum on the other end of this continuum you've got a complete absence of motivation okay mm. and then 
so basically they find if, you, if you've got more what we'd call kind of externally regulated forms of motivation more externally motivated um it's usually at times can kind of link to maybe a, 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 a greater perception or of kind of external control forms without your control mm. you tend to have a, s- a sense of control which can kind of maybe lead us to feeling less motivated when the going gets tough essentially leave us feeling kind of more exhausted more lethargic, basically not enjoying the sport as much, which mm-hmm. essentially then could lead to burnout, John. Yeah. Which is obviously what we want to avoid. And then obviously This is probably what we're describing with the jujitsu people then, isn't it? They yeah. don't they don't identify in themselves the overtraining side of things. They're doing it six times a day, twice a day. Yeah. And then they just get to the burnout stage and Yeah, quit. a lot of that time that like I said, let's think of motivation with kind of this idea of performance decrements. It might be a case of they stagnate in their training a bit, mm. think, Oh, I'm not improving now. That's what you get, don't you? We, we, yeah. we, we know people we train with who kind of train for a couple of months and, and get frustrated that they're not improving. But yeah. You know, plateaus are all, all part of sport and stuff. And and it's kind of when we get to a point maybe where we feel we can't, you know, can't deal with the demands anymore. So obviously stress is part of everyday life, Jim. We experience yeah. stresses every day. But how we deal with stresses is, 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 is a matter of appraising. Mm. So can we, have we got the demands, have we got the resources to cope with this? If we do we're likely to be in a position where we can kind of employ the correct behaviours, okay, that we might call them kind of psychology, kind of problem-focused behaviours, emotional-focused coping strategies, basically strategies that will help us overcome these issues. In burnout, though, we're in a position where maybe we feel overloaded, like we can't deal with these demands Mm. and get ourselves in a position where we feel kind of just a decreased sense of motivation and a withdrawal almost from the sport. We're burnt out. And risk with burnout, John, what's the problem with burnout? If we feel burnt out and it's not addressed, that can lead to kind of basically complete termination from our sport. Mm. Well, complete dropout, okay? Classic. So youth sport. Classic. Yeah, so a big issue probably in youth sport. You know, you hear about youth sport dropout a lot. Obviously, mm. a lot of the time, isn't it? It's because these 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 parents or coaches, especially if you're performing well and you're specialising early in sport, you've got all this pressure. Yeah. You're, tra- you're training so much to a point where you hear a lot of these, even these people made it to the elite level. I used an example recently of kind of Andre Agassi. Yeah. Dad made him Just hit thinking the same thing, three yeah. million tennis balls a year and stuff. He, he talks openly about kind of hatred of a game of tennis. Yeah. I mean, probably... At least one of the Williams sisters has expressed that as yeah. well, actually, that at times they've actually despised playing tennis. But this way, given the opportunity, yeah. he probably wouldn't yeah. of, 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 of play tennis. It's better. Or perhaps he would have enjoyed it more if he hadn't been pressured. Perhaps he would have kept that motivation. But because of that, because of that complete absence of motivation, he's in a position where he's now kind of feeling burnt. I say now, he's obviously retired a long time ago, but he, he perhaps was in a position where he was at greater risk of experiencing burnout. So we kind of have a duty of care, especially in um, youth level sport, to to make sure we're kind of acknowledging that and, and giving young athletes the opportunity to experiment with different sports not necessarily specialise or if so kind of look towards things like mastery or development rather than kind of this this kind of mantra of having to win or, or outcome kind of focused approach to it yeah, that's almost impossible as a as a parent isn't it because I remember with instruments and stuff at school me and my sisters kind of you want to try everything don't you so as a parent you kind of need to get them to focus on something but without yeah. them they need to be motivated well, to do it. It's that intrinsic, parent that intrinsic yeah. motivation is the thing you need to Absolutely. And I mean, I, I, foster. I, that's the reason I got in sport, because I tried about... I'm, I'm trying to think. I wouldn't say it's... It's no exaggeration to say I probably tried about 15 different sports as a kid. Oh, yeah. Two yeah, or three yeah, different... I, so, and I mean, yeah. uh, to the point, I don't mean just kind of going outside. I mean, to the point, I was actively going to... Going to a club, yeah. Jesus, I mean, 
number of martial arts, mm. basketball, football, American football, street hockey, ice hockey, field hockey. Yeah. I mean, all sorts, you know. Underground rapping. Yeah, exactly. Turkish yeah. mud bath wrestling. I've done, mm. I've done it all. There's I'm vomit on his sweat already. Exactly. Mum's mm. spaghetti. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and obviously, like you say, obviously, if someone's got an innate talent for a sport, you kind of want to nurture that. Yeah. But do it in an appropriate way, because remember, motivation is key. So, maintaining that motivation and getting them in a position yeah. where they remain motivated, John. So, in a very brief nutshell, John, that's, mm. that's basically where we're at with it. And I'm sure people in the sports science community would, would be in a position where they could kind of elaborate and articulate perhaps much better than myself about what it's about but that's where we go out well people can go deeper can't they Dan but we've we've given an overview there the idea overload into overtraining into what I've done I've kind of made a I've kind of pulled away some weeds John I've made Mm. a nice little kind of flower bed or at least the conditions for a nice Mm. flower bed guys go and get the seeds plant make it grow grow, guys make Make it grow grow. Mm. you know I like that I like that Dan I'm showing you a door but there's a lock Mm. just gotta find find the key find the key we're giving you a map to the key, maybe even. We're giving you a map. I'm a bit, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going down the analogy. <laughs> we'll cut there, ladies. Don't go, too, don't go too far down there. But now. obviously, within this relationship topic, um, any other questions or kind of recommendations in terms mm. of reading or, or extra advice you'd want to know? I, I, so I did quotation marks there because, mm. uh, as I said, I mean, uh, as much as I, uh, I would like to advise you, I hopefully I, I can, but. Um, and if not, if there are questions, there might be questions we haven't considered or areas we haven't considered. Yeah. That's why we, we like to go away and, and think of this ourselves and try and yeah. find some research to support us. So, five more away, that's guys. Yeah. If you want to. Email, perhaps. But there we go. So, we've Sports got. Sports Science Podcast. Absolutely, John. At Outlook.com. Send your questions there. We'll see Absolutely. what we can do. If, if you haven't got email, why not send by carrier pigeon? Or yes, yeah. Or a, um, one of those things where someone comes and sings to you at the door. What is that called? Like a singogram, is it? Singogram? Yeah, that would be nice. Cool. I'd like one of those, actually. Okay, singogram. Look at the description for my address. Fantastic. Um, and bank details. Brilliant. So, right then, Dan. On to next item on Enjondeur. Yeah, on Enjondeur number two. So, um, let's give them an update, shall we, Dan? Update, on your, um, so on the first kind of episode of journey. We talked about the, the journey. John talked about his kind of mission to bulk in the... Project bulk. Project bulk, and also kind of just basically... Well, he's poor John's in his 30s now, isn't he? Officially, John. <laughs> so you need to be in a position where you kind of keep yourself together and keep yourself yep. in check. So that's what yeah, John's Yeah, yeah, trying to work on his posture, yeah. And I'm, I'm working towards doing my first um, MMA fight next year. So position where just, just tra- I'd say train hard for that. As you can tell, ladies and gents, apologies. I've been been under the weather a bit so recently. You've been a sickly boy, haven't you, Dan? A little sickly, a sickly child, boy, I think. Yeah. So, so yeah. a bit of a bit of a delay in that. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm going away for 10 days. So I can't see yeah. the training being particularly intense then you know, but I am going to try but before that Dan I mean let's let's update them on where we got to before the sickliness we did a little competition um, a jiu-jitsu competition in the gi a little um, competition yeah uh, uh, South End Open uh, South East Open sorry South East Open um, tell them how you did Dan um, I, I was fortunate enough to win my my, my bracket on that actually John yeah a, a gold medal my second gold so, so El Champion very pleased with that and the yeah. beauty of Jiu Jitsu is kind of like say on the day in the right conditions you prepare yourself right I think within reason we've talked about this before anyone within reason I say anyone against anyone on a given day on a given if day you p- if you put the work if in if you put the work in you can that's, that's the beauty with martial but arts you're being modest there Dan I mean you, you did very well that's two competitions in a row now where you've You've really stepped up. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, it shows that the training you n- you weren't in overreaching or burnout there, Dan. Your no. performance has been steadily increasing. No, I was I was I was solidly in flow, John. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lovely link oh, to you. Oh, flow. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Hello. Future podcast. Um. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, interestingly, though, as well, actually, then. So we talked about kind of 
this idea of eyes of optimal standard function. I have to admit, my preparation going into that tournament was dog poo poo. Absolute dog shit. Mm. It was. Um, I like to think of kind of getting myself in a state maybe where I kind of feel active. I feel ready. I've heard ridiculous things like coaches telling their athletes to do 50 burpees beforehand. No, yeah, you're no, no. I'm not doing that. But at least kind of some light stretching. I was in a position where I felt so nervous beforehand, John. Mm. Talk about my levels of arousal. Yeah. To a point I felt I didn't even want to compete. So I was just kind of sitting there. I was I was paranoid about even doing the kind of the lightest of stretches or lightest of warm-up moves. Yeah. I thought it was going to burn my energy and zap away. Yeah. But I still managed to do quite well, which is interesting because when I was fortunate enough to win the bracket in the tournament before, I kind of took an opposite approach. So I'm really yeah. having to work on my own eyes off here. Yeah. Something I try and work with athletes in, but it's really, again... Well, we noticed in that last competition, didn't we, where w we did two competitions in a day, one in the gi and one in the no gi, mm -hmm. and we both medalled in the gi. Yeah. And we both went in quite pumped up for that, didn't we? But not as nervous as we were for this last, the Southeast competition. Yeah. We, were, we were both a lot more nervous for this one because I think of expectations we had in our minds, yeah. perhaps. Um, so we then both medalled in that competition and then had to compete again. Mm. And so we both went in so chilled out and relaxed because we'd achieved what we wanted to achieve for the day yeah. that we both really underachieved in the second competition, which didn't bother us at all because no. we, we thankfully went home with some metal work. But so we kind of realised straight there, didn't we? We were kind of like, ah, okay, so both we both need to be, we can't go in completely leisurely. Some people that would be their, their yeah. eyes off would be to go in completely relaxed, Absolutely. chilled out, listening to classical music. For yeah. us, we need to go in a bit a bit pumped up. A bit hyped up. And I think I think my body... But not shitting our pants absolutely. with nerves. No, no I, don't, I haven't done that in a couple of weeks now. And that's, yeah. a, that's a record I want to keep. And I think that you're absolutely right, John. But I, I realised, I think, almost... Like I said, I need a certain level of arousal. But ironically for me, because of my apprehension of actually kind of fighting, um, I almost get that level of arousal by doing nothing, if you see what I mean. Mm. So I still walked into the mat kind of purely feeling in the zone as soon as I kind of could batch get started. I, I was... I was very upset. I mean, yeah, you didn't I mean, have I, to do anything. The only thing to I really tune out there, to after yeah. Matt is your voice because you're obviously giving the instruction. I mean, how did you find? Because you obviously medalled as well. So I did. What, I was, yeah, opinion? I managed to get a, a bronze. I was definitely that was the m most nervous I've been of any of the competitions we've done this year. Mm. I think because the first one we did this year was my first competition at Blue Belt, so I had I almost went in with no mm. expectation whatsoever. Managed to medal. Really, really, really happy with that. Um, then competed again, much more nervous, mm. but I think almost to an optimal level. I, I went into that the first bit, the first um, competition we did that day. I went in, I think almost optimum. Mm. Uh, managed to medal again on that one, which I was very happy about. And then this time, because I medaled twice, yeah. I really, you know, I kind of wanted to go for gold, yeah. if I'm honest. And I had way more expectation than any of the others, so I went in way more, way more nervous. And just because of timings, we messed up the timings a bit. I didn't get to warm up at all. So I literally went onto the mat cold. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, not making excuses or anything, Dan. But next time, I'd like to give myself time to do the warm up, get myself in the zone. Maybe that would have sapped some of that nervous yeah. energy out of me. Absolutely. And go in closer to that eyes off that yeah. we maybe achieved in that second comp. That's it. The thing when we're doing this as well, we want to get in a point where we kind of find our flow or our optimal performance state. Yeah. It's such a kind of rare and elusive state to reach mm. that's why it takes time it takes trial and error that's why it's so important and then working out how to replicate yeah it. and reflect and repeat and again what are the conditions of that particular day i mean we had massive time delays something you yeah. can't account for but again you could argue contingency planning in that case yeah. what are you going to do if that happens if there is a time delay yeah absolutely and replicating it in different because obviously every competition is in a different place so you've, mm. you've got to, it's got to be stable enough that you can replicate it in a different scenario where then yeah there might be a delay there might not be a delay that you might end up stood by the side of the mat early and you thought you were going to, which is what happened to me, and then you haven't had a warm-up, but can you then tune yourself into absolutely, that? Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, we're working on it, but it's going well, isn't it? And that was also my first competition 
at what is going to hopefully be my new weight class because the bulk is. Oh yeah, absolutely. The yeah, bulk's yeah, going okay, ladies and gentlemen. I've put on, I think I've put on a four kilos that I've kind of kept between four and five kilos so far. My plan is to try and put on another three, and to get up to Ooh, yeah, to get up to the top of the, this next weight class, the seventy nine kilo weight class, um, coming up from yeah like seventy two. So the bulk's going well, ladies and gentlemen. A bit more fat perhaps than we want mm. down in the final form, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, you still look regal. Thank you, is. thank you. Um, and finally, Dan, as we round up the the news, obviously post competition. You then went to training, and were gifted. It wasn't a gift. It was you. You deserved it. Yeah, arguable, but I'll, I'll take it, John. Yeah, I got, yeah. got, got my second and third stripe simultaneously. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, in jiu-jitsu, for each belt you get four white stripes. So there's a little black patch on the belt. You get your four white stripes, and then and then the next level up would be the next belt. So you'd be a four striped white belt, and then you'd go up to blue belt. Um, so Dan is now three. You got three two stripes. in two in a row, which is rare. Oh, I, I was rare. very surprised. I was very, very pleasantly surprised and, and mm. very, very appreciative, John. Yeah, because I think I set myself. I, I said the guy. I looked at the kind of agreements. I heard this gym as well, and I don't think that's a bad thing. They said they're very stingy. Yeah, for one of a better way to give out stripes and give them yeah. that. So I, I thought I like that because I want to get something on merit. You know, you so I set myself. We did. We yeah. set myself. We. I think we set ourselves a kind of goal for me to get two in my first year. Yeah, and I've kind of got three, three. in my first yeah. year. So very happy Super. about that, gents. And yeah. we'll, we'll keep you posted when I get back from my. Um, I'm going to call it a research trip. It's not. Yeah, makes me sound more when he gets back from his research trip in Barbados, back um, to training hard. Yep, going to start the yoga being challenge. Four, yoga challenge, four days. A, I say four four sessions a week training basically. Yeah, MMA and Jiu Jitsu Monday Thursday equivalent yeah. of two and a half to three hours training at once. So it's quite heavy, and I'm, and we're sticking to it. Yeah, we're getting there in a position where hopefully we're saying and about some what? conditioning training. Conditioning like training, that, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to get Aaron back in to, to yep, talk to us a bit more about a kind of yeah. an, a specific regime. Hopefully, we can upload that for anyone who's interested as well. Yeah. Awesome. Right, John. I think we've just about got time for as a better our favourite feature. Yeah. We um have only done it once before in the first session. Didn't really keep it up. No, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna do it about now. In. Another round of sport or not. Sport or not. Okay, I'm gonna fire these at you, John. So you do down, down and you tell me sport. Yeah. Or go. Not trampolining. Definitely a sport. Why? Uh, trampolining uh, takes a hell of a lot of energy. It'll make you fitter just doing trampolining. Uh, it takes loads of skill, mm-hmm. um, and you can compete in it, Dan. Sport improves you physically. Boom. Oh, no argument there. No argument there. Sport. Okay. Horse racing. More difficult. Yes. Um, so, dressage. Ooh. Absolutely not. Not having that at all. That is not a sport for the rider. For the horse, maybe. Um, but cross-country like horse racing. With and curlums. Yeah, and sprint horse racing. Basically, I'm going to remain on the fence for now dan nope. i would need to see excuse the uh pun. um i need to see one <coughs> whether <laughs> i need to see one whether um doing it would make the rider fitter i've got an inkling that um or would improve the fit the the rider should i say um i've got a feeling that cross-country riding would improve the rider um the other thing i'd like to know is does the rider's fitness have any bearing on the outcome of the race because if it doesn't then i wouldn't call that a sport if you could have an unfit jockey and a fitter jockey you've objectively measured that and yet the less fit jockey wins because their horse is better i'm gonna be far less inclined to call that a sport dan okay okay hockey ice hockey field hockey uh 
any hockey, yeah, that's a sport. That's a sport. Yeah, nice you're going to be fitter. You're running around. Um, yeah, you're running around. You're getting fitter. It takes skill. You can compete in it. Oh, you know, I asked that one, John. What about goalkeepers in those particular sports? Now, that's interesting, Dan. There could be... I'm still going to call it a sport because for the majority of the positions, mm. um, it's, yeah. it is going to do all of those criteria. There might be some positions where that is less Again, so. I think we need yeah. someone to get in touch talking about, well, but what about American football? What about the field what about the I don't know why I did yeah. that voice. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a very good point. I'm getting in touch. Um, yeah, American football is still a sport. Um, but the kickers, for example. The kicker, yeah. They mm. might not... That's a hard one, isn't it, Dan? That is the kicker. Yeah, that is the real kicker. Um, um, but so I they mean, do I, a sport, I, but are they an athlete? Ooh. Ooh. Now we're getting controversial. I mean, just, just to defend hockey, actually, goalkeeping. I, I did a bit of hockey goalkeeping. And with the, the heavy pads, yeah. especially in kind of attacking movements, I'd say kind of just the level of... I'm kind of kind of talking mental fatigue, which can kind of sometimes yeah. manifest itself in physical fatigue as well. Moving around, having to get up quickly, up and down. I would argue... I just need to look at the frequency that that happens yeah, exactly, per match. Maybe if you're a goalkeeper in a terrible team, constantly under attack, constantly yeah, under siege. Yeah, the worse your team, the, the, the more, more sporty it is for you. Fantastic. There, there you go. It's okay. a small round of small sport, round sport or not, or not. And, and more to come next time. So thank yeah. you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully it was informative, entertaining. And useful, yeah. And useful. If it was none of those things, just keep subscribing anyway. We might improve. We might yeah. find our flow. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, guys, and then um, you'll get our um, episodes yeah, automatically without clicking on anything. Uh, contact us on mm. at SportsSciPodcast on Twitter, or as I said earlier, you can email us, sportsciencepodcast at outlook.com. And your Twitter, Dan? Um, at DanSly10, and also uh, through at Dan. Oh, Jesus. Through at DanSly10. Also, um, we try and get more content out there in terms of kind of videos article mm-hmm. which is kind of through our parent website performanceplan.co.uk so keep an eye on that as well for some some articles and, and other materials we write in relation to this but until next time friends. until next time adieu, adieu.